All right, the last couple times that we've been together, we've been in the book of Romans, chapter 8, and uh, the Holy Spirit hasn't let me uh, out of that passage, so we're going to read it again and go a little further into some of the things that, that uh, it says to us in every week as I'm preparing and praying and thinking about what uh, God has to say to us uh, through his word. Uh, different things are kind of hi- being highlighted in my spirit, and so we'll continue to press into the things that the Holy Spirit is saying until God says it's done in a particular area. Amen? Sometimes people are like, Pastor, what are you preaching that again for? And I'll quit preaching it when you start obeying it. No, I'm teasing you. Somebody said that's all right. No, no, we need to walk in the Word of God. I'm not being harsh with you by any means. Uh, But we need to walk in the Word of God, and we need to let His Word change us. Amen? And so we don't just read the Word. The Bible says if we read the Word, and and we're hearers of the Word, and we're not doers of the Word, that we're just deceiving ourselves. We're just telling ourselves everything's all right when it isn't. And so I I just want to challenge you. I love this passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 8 is is just a a favorite of mine because in Romans 6, 7, and 8, growing up, these are verses that I heard my father quote to me constantly throughout my life. And some of them I still hear in his voice. It's just wonderful that I have that heritage in the Word of God. But uh, let let me just read this. And uh, then we'll dig around in here and see what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today, all right? So we read this last week. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, whom He knew before, He also destined or predetermined that, that... whom he knew before, he predetermined that they would be conformed into the image of his son. Everybody say, I want to look like Jesus. Come on, I want to act like Jesus. I want to sound like Jesus. That he, he knew you, and he predetermined that you would be conformed into the in, image of his son, that he might be, that his son Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. <clears throat> Moreover, whom he predetermined, destined or predetermined he called and whom he called he justified and whom he justified these he glorified what shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us now we're going a little further down than we went last week he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall bring anything to the charge of God's elect Who shall bring anything to the charge of those whom God has chosen? I'm going to say that again. Who shall bring anything to the charge of those who are followers of God? Who shall bring any accusation against those who love Jesus and whom Jesus loves? Who shall bring any... uh, Let's see, where do do we leave off? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect... It is God who justifies. He, uh, who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is it even uh, um, uh, the, the right, who, who now sits at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us? Who's going to bring a charge against you? Who's going to bring an accusation against you? Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the, Jesus seated at the right hand of God. He's making intercession for you. Who's going who's to bring accusation against you? 
Amen? I want to remind you, we've been touching on this, just reading this as a reminder, uh, how precious, Psalm 139, 17, how precious are your thoughts to me, o God, toward me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sands of the sea. So, I, so, so the Holy Spirit is massaging in our understanding the last few weeks. All things work together for good. And I just want to point out to you, at the beginning of that passage of Scripture, the apostle says uh, to the Romans, uh, to the church, he says, listen, I, and we know. I, want, I want, to, want you to understand that as you read through passages of Scripture and you massage those in your spirit and let, you let the Holy Spirit work out uh, things in your understanding, various little phrases will stand out to you. Don't bypass that. It, the apostle said, this is something we know for certain. All things Work together for the good to them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Man, if I know one thing, I know this. All things are going to work together for my good because I love the Lord and I'm called. Come on, can, you can that become your declaration? If I, know, if I know anything at all about God, I do know this. He called me and he chose me, so all things are going to work together for my good. Oh, but you don't understand how much I'm going through right now. I don't really. That, that's beside the point. The word of God says he's going to. He's going to walk through that with you, and you're going to come out on the other side for your good. For your good. So Romans 8.30 says, Moreover, whom he predestined, whom he predetermined, he called, whom he called, these he justified, and whom he justified, these he glorified. I want to talk to you a little bit about that point of justification today that just kind of loomed off the page at me and and I spent some time with the Lord over that and I want you to hear this being justified by God is the act of God uh, by which uh, those who are unrighteous those who who are unrighteous within themselves, are nevertheless declared by God to be righteous. I was unrighteous. I was born in sin, the Bible says it. Shaped in iniquity. I didn't look anything like God. I didn't sound like God. I didn't act like God. I didn't think like God. I, I didn't uh, have the faith of God for the circumstances that would arise in life. Uh, and I was disobedient by nature. How many understand? You don't have to teach your kids to be mean. You have to teach them to be nice. You've, nobody's ever had to teach their kid to lie. They have to teach them to tell the truth. Why? Because there is a sin nature that is born within man it, that, that uh, is natural to who we are. And we have to discipline ourselves to walk out of that and mature out of that so that we don't live there. So the act of God by which those who are unrighteous in themselves are nevertheless declared righteous before God by faith while still retaining within themselves the potential to sin. Are you here? 
I have within me, as long as I am in this flesh, I have within my members the potential to sin. The, the Romans, uh, you go back in 6 and 7 there, chapter 6 and chapter 7, and, and the Apostle Paul begins to declare that sin lives, reigns within his members, that sin, uh, that, that his, his flesh desires. He says, when I try to do what is right, my, my flesh would want, want to do what was wrong. And when I would try to live correctly, my flesh would be pulling on me to be incorrect. And yet, God looks at you and he says, even though that potential to sin is there, I declare you to be righteous because of Jesus Christ. So you are justified in him. You are justified in him. So, so let's unpack some of this for just a few minutes here. If God is for us, who can be against us? It says in verse 32, if he did not spare. Listen, you, you should make this passage of Scripture a favorite Scripture of yours. You should highlight it. I'm telling you, when you're learning the Word of God, there are, some of my kids, when they were learning the Word of God and when they were trusting God, they took some of the Scriptures that the Lord was dealing with about and they wrote them on sticky notes and they put them on the dash of their car so that, so that the Word of God was right in front of their face. They stick it up on the mirror. When they get up in the morning, they, they read the promises of God. This is one of those things. If he did not spare his own son, if he allowed his son to go to the cross for you, if the father paid that kind of price where he allowed his son to come into the earth and he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ, if God would go to that much trouble to redeem you, how will he not with him freely give you everything that you need. Some of y'all have been letting the mm, some of y'all been letting the devil lie to you. He's been up in your ear and he's been telling you you don't deserve. And you know what I've learned to tell him when he says I don't deserve? I I surprise him. I'm like, "You're absolutely right. I don't. But I'm not standing before God in my own deserving." I'm standing before God because he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm not approaching God upon what, based upon what I deserve. I'm approaching God based upon a salvation and a redemption and a justification that came to me because I received Jesus. So I'm just like, devil, take that. That needs to become your declaration. If he gave me Jesus, can you imagine having this conversation with the enemy the next time you have those thoughts flying through your head that you don't deserve something from God? You just say, yeah, I know. But if he gave me Jesus. I love that, that this whole section of Scripture, if you pay attention to this and you go back and you read through uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 on down, it begin, he begins to ask you questions. They are not rhetorical in nature. He wants you to consider the answer to the question that he's asking. If he gave you Jesus, how would he not then with him freely give you everything that you need? Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says this. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
Now, before you over-spiritualize this, because that's what we like to do, we will rob ourselves of the good things of God by getting super spiritual and not letting the word of the Lord uh, apply to the practical issues of life. So he, he didn't say, has given us all things that pertain to godliness that make us spiritual beings. We're already spiritual beings. He said, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I've given you everything that you need that pertains to today. There was a tendency within uh, my generation and the generation that preceded me uh, uh, to uh, put everything, all the good things of God, over somewhere in eternity. Well, when I get to heaven and there is no more devil tempting me and there's no more struggle with the flesh, I don't need all those things there. I need them here. I need the promises of God now. You need the promises of God now in your day. You need the strength of the Lord. You need the grace of God to strengthen you for the walk that you have to do in the earth. We'll worry about what we need over there when we get over there, but the word of God was given to you for here, for now, to apply to your life and to, to, to make application now and to walk in victory now. I look back, I, I, have, I have great foundation. We'll talk about some of that tonight at my father-in-law's memorial. Uh, y'all come, we're going to have a good time. Four o'clock. Music, celebration, and food. Because that's what we do. We eat. We celebrate, we eat. We mourn, we eat. We celebrate, we eat. Anyway, it's beside the point. You need the promises of God to be applied in your life now. When I was growing up, that generation that I grew up in sang songs. Listen, this is, this is worship. We've got one more valley, one more hill. Maybe one more trial, one more tear. I'm sorry, serving God is a whole lot more fun than that. I'm having a blast. You may have one more river to cross and one more mountain to climb, but I've got my eye on the prize and I'm having a good time going there. Right? So there's something to be said for laying some of that down and just, and if, if the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy, what are we walking around with our head down in this walk for? This is a joyful walk. He gives us all things by his divine power gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So I'm not going to run around and be a depressed Christian. I don't have anything to be depressed about. I've got a promise. And I've set my eye on the prize, right? So then he goes on and he asks you some questions because he understands that the nature, the sin nature, the nature of the flesh, it is, it is our nature to condemn ourselves. Why do you think that God was so bold as to say, Robert, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus? Because he knew that you have within you the potential to pick on yourself and to be your own worst enemy. So the apostle says to the church right here, who can bring any charge against God's elect? Well, there's only two places that charge comes from. First of all, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. 
Now, he can't go before God like he did with Job and, and stand there because that's where we're seated now. He doesn't get to go up there and say, hey, have you thought about uh, Chris? Hey, have you thought about uh, uh, this one or that one? Hey, have you thought about Mon? He, do, he, didn't, he didn't go up there and have that conversation with God anymore because that's where you're seated. That's why the enemy's mad at you. So the only way that he can accuse you is if he gets up in your ear and accu- brings accusation against you. So the apostle says, who can bring any charge against the chosen of God? It is God who justifies. If God has justified you, who can accuse you? Well, there's only two places that accusation can come from. The enemy and that which is passing right between your ears. You can bring condemnation to you by the conversation that you have in a mind that has not been renewed by the word of God. That's why the Bible tells you to renew your mind through the word of God. You got to get this, and it ca- it's got to not just be here, you got to get it here. So that when the enemy comes, or so that when those thoughts go through your mind that say that you are not worthy to receive the good things of God, that you have enough word in you to say it doesn't matter if I'm worthy because he's worthy. I'm standing in his worthiness, not my worthiness. So who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who can come against that? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? It's God who justifies. Who can bring accusation against you? It's God who justified you. So if somebody wants to say you aren't worthy, well, it's none of their business. God justified you if he justified. I used to tell the Lord all the time when I was insecure in the things of the Lord, back before the word was really a part of who I am, I'd say, God, I don't know why you chose me. And, and sometimes he'd play with my head and he'd go, I don't know why I did either, but I did, so get over it. <clears throat> I don't know why you chose me, Jesus. Well, get over it. I chose you. So who is he who condemns? Well, again, there's only two places that condemnation can come against you. The enemy can come to you today and try to condemn you so that you won't be paying attention to the destinies that are rising in your tomorrow so that you'll think you're not worthy to receive what God has ahead of you. All those promises that those ladies receive prophetically today, those are things that only condemning ourselves can keep from, from arising and coming to pass. Only we can tear that up with our words and our thinking or, or the enemy comes and tries to bring those thoughts to us and we take hold of them. The only way to not take hold of them is to let your mind be renewed in the word of God. So he says, who who would dare to condemn? It's really, I love the tone here. Who who is it that condemns? How would anyone dare to condemn you, a follower of God? You know what he said in answer to that? It is Christ who died and is risen. How dare the enemy come up and condemn you? How dare the enemy come against your mind and try to bring a charge against you in the things of the Lord? How dare the enemy do that? It's God who justifies. It's Christ who died and rose again. And then he goes on and he says, just in case, just in case you're feeling a little bit weak in this area, 
let, re, let me remind you of this. Our great intercessor is seated at the right hand of God and it is from there that he makes intercession for us. God, on the throne, our great intercessor, our, our brother, uh, the firstborn among many brethren, Jesus, our Lord, is sitting on the throne next to right there at the right hand of the uh, of majesty on high. And he's leaning over and he's going, uh, Linda's going through a tough time right now. Can you strengthen her? Just let, let, let's just bring strength to Nancy. She's going through some stuff right now. Jesus is leaning over to the Father and saying, Father, Hope and Richard are facing a moment in life where they need to be strengthened. I'm interceding for their strength. Imagine your name is being spoken by Jesus to the ears of the Father. Well, you know what's really jazzes me is because we're seated together in heavenly places. It's quite often that I'm sitting there and I'm meditating on the Lord and I hear Jesus speak my name to the Father. He says, Anthony, we love you and we're strengthening you. I love you with all of my heart. I gave my life for you. I'm strengthening you in this moment. I'm giving you the grace and the ability to overcome in this day. Isn't that beautiful? It is not rhetorical in nature that the apostle would say, who would ever bring a charge against you? Who would ever condemn you? You belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who gave his life for you. And just in case you're having a moment of frustration and a moment of weakness, would you by faith hear him lean over to the Father and say, Father, I I want you to strengthen Gary right now. Lord, I want you to strengthen Roger right now. Father, would you just move among the men of Church of Living Water right now? They're going through a season of trial. Would you just strengthen in their life? Would you just give them wisdom as they may? Come on. Would you hear him speak your name by faith today? He's calling your name before the Father, making intercession for you so that you don't give yourself to the condemnation of the enemy and to the accusation that the enemy would try to bring against you. Let's stand together in the presence of the Lord. I want you to just begin to say in your spirit, as you stand there, I want these, these words to flow through your mind. Romans 8 says, all things work together for my good. Romans says, all things work together for my good. And, and if he gave me Jesus, how will he not with him freely give me all things that pertain to life and godliness? The enemy cannot condemn me, and therefore I will not condemn myself. The enemy cannot bring accusation against me, therefore I will not bring accusation against myself. I will not let the, the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart destroy the destiny that is written for me in the days ahead. I will not let the thoughts of my mind and, and the words of the enemy tear down what God is building in my life. 
Repeatedly, the Lord said prophetically to those who stood for personal ministry uh, today, I still have a destiny for you. God is saying to you, Church of Living Water, I still have a destiny out in front of you. I still have a plan in front of you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't become uh, distracted by the the distractions of the day. Don't let the challenges of life uh, move your attention off of me. I still have plans for you. So Father, would you let those words just flow over our spirit right now? Would you let the soil of our heart receive the word of God today? As your word, like water on soil, just trickles down into us, refreshes us and becomes a part of who we are. Would you let those words, that promise from God, there, that, that, uh, that, that uh, all things work together for good, would, would you let that just become a part of our thinking? For that we give you praise.